Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cookbook Circle Podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Victoria. We're two friends with a shared love of food, cooking, and all things cookbooks. We are now in the third season of this podcast. And this one is all about, well, not really anything in particular. We are themeless. So you can expect deep dives on certain dishes, reviews of cookbooks, of course, but there'll be new cookbooks, old cookbooks, all sorts of cookbooks. And of course, we'll be asking you, our lovely listeners, for some input on episodes that we're going to do. It's going to be so, it's gonna be so fun. fun. And if you love what we do, we're also on Patreon. This means if you'd like to support us, your subscription will help to cover the podcast's costs from the books themselves to the ingredients for what we cook. And in return, you'll get some fun stuff like bonus mini-sodes. To find out more, visit our website, thecookbookcircle.com, or you can find the link in our show notes. Thanks, friends. Now, let's get to the fun part. Busy, busy. We're yeah. both busy bees, but hence the slightly bees. delayed, not delayed, summer hours, let's call it that. Summer, <laughs> summer, <laughs> yes, that's a good way to look at it. Summer hours. Um, um, but yeah, so far so good. Just, you know, I know I'm I'm um, encroaching on your territory here, but the weather's been truly shite. So. Yes, it's a, it's a washout summer <laughs> here on a British house. Sad girl summer. but Sad girl summer, rainy girl summer. Um, but the world is boiling elsewhere, That's so strange. I don't know which I would prefer, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> Talking about the world being on fire. Yeah. Um, the latest Instagram, there's been, I think there's been a few kind of restauranty Instagram. Beefs. Cote de Boeuf. Yeah, beef in the past couple of weeks. Cote de Boeuf. <laughs> 
But the one that just dropped. <laughs> this, this shit I'm just in. <laughs> that we were, we've been texting about and we were like, we have to talk about this on a podcast. Is um, Thomas Straker, mm-hmm. who is a British chef. Bit like, bit farmy, isn't he? Well, like- yeah, did he get famous originally because he just went very viral on Instagram with lots of butter butter things i think he did he was a good content creator anyway and i I followed him and i liked his stuff and then he did all these series of like different butters and there was like and he would put them on different things like chili and honey ones or i don't know and right and then that series went really well and then he opened this like plate i think he's just not long opened that restaurant they do a lot of flatbreads and stuff i think yeah with the butters with the aforementioned butters i mean they look great they're like little little pizzettas aren't they like with little nice um, toppings, but he's opening a new place right. called Straker's. Right. And he did the, uh, <laughs> the, the chef team, the brigade team <laughs> reveal on Instagram this weekend, right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, Spoiler, it's not really it, a reveal. <laughs> no, it's like copy and paste him <laughs> like eight times. <laughs> Uh, just all of these white men stood in front in front of his restaurant, and he's like, "Chef team assemble." <laughs> Entirely white men. It's the, you, all the same height. Yeah, point- I feel like. Why are they all the same height? That is a. That, he couldn't find any women or people of color, but he could find all men the same height. <laughs> it's like when you do like when you do like a boring work presentation or something, and you're trying to you know show people, and you do like number of little heads. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it looks like. Some of them wearing baseball hats. But they all look very cool. We'll give them that. But um, with their arms crossed, it's blown up because, rightly so, people have been like what the hell and this yeah. restaurant is like in kensington right in london so very bad like just off the portobello road yeah. so a very wealthy part of london mm-hmm. um but also west london is an incredibly diverse place london is an incredibly diverse place uh you're telling me that you couldn't find a single woman <laughs> or person of color to work in your kitchen like I know. There's no, there's just no chefs. There's no chefs that, that, I mean, but, but maybe I understand based on the responses from him on his, on his, his post. So people are calling him out, blah, 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 blah. And he uh, responds to say that uh, everyone should, and I quote, calm down. That's why he doesn't have any women working in his kitchen. Because if you tell a woman to calm down, then you immediately get bloody beheaded, and rightly so. Oh my god! <laughs> and you guy. can imagine it happening in a kitchen, right? You know, like kitchen culture is so like you know heated, <laughs> and uh, you know, I bet women get told to calm down all the time. And then, and then he says he asks everyone. He says. Uh, if you're so bothered about it, go and gather the CVs of any chefs you think were missing. And then he just writes, solutions, not problems. <laughs> okay, we'll solve this for you. Like you went through a whole hiring process for like whatever that is, eight, nine people for your fucking kitchen. And we will do the work to fix that for you. Because you want solutions, not problems. Do you, um, how much time do you spend CV gathering? <laughs> a lot yeah because i just feel like you know cv foraging i just feel i you know i just feel like white men uh need to be helped <laughs> to 
to sort their lives out. <laughs> you know, they don't have enough time. Ah, oh, oh. it just, it just, it's just frustrating, and it's so telling. And I'm, I'm glad that he got called out on it, right? Like yeah. he's definitely that the internet has done the right thing. And I just said to Hannah before we came on, I was like, have you been back to check it? Because Kenji, you know, my boy Kenji Lopez Al has like commented on it. Um, and then, you know, said, and then replied to him that Thomas Schreker, like, I don't know, I don't know who you were. This just popped up on my feed. <laughs> I love that. Until I saw your horrendous that. take. <laughs> it is a horrendous take. Get off the social. He's done a like Hillary Clinton to... To, to Donald Trump of like delete your account he says get off the social media for a week or so do some reflection talk to people who care about you and who you trust be better <laughs> be better you should be better Thomas oh my god it's so, it's so oh, good it is also just just makes me tired like yeah nothing's changed right it's just because also if you read the if you read the comments on that there's so many men in there being like well I don't know what you're complaining about. You know, people are hired on merit. Mm. Right. Yeah, we've okay. that one. That's before, it, is guys. it? Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, it's, it's how good they are. It's not about the way they look. <laughs> you know, do, and I saw someone say, do you go into a Chinese restaurant and complain that there's no women or, you know, ethnic diversity? Oh, um, God. It's just very draining. Oh, oh. <laughs> Vic's just gone to trash him in her room. <laughs> um yes i'm furious about it do better everyone and don't go don't go to strakers until they sort that out yeah and even if they do go don't go like don't don't go it's not worth it there's plenty of other amazing female run kitchens in in london go to asma khan's restaurant yeah for a start and then go to all the other places that are run by women yeah it's the thing of like and just you know reading the comments there it's the thing of like you've done this just own it now and admit you know that you could do better and a way to do that like it's it's done it's it's fine yeah instead of just trying to defend it in a world that's really moved on from that kind of yeah, exactly. I mean, that's very, like that lineup is very like bloody Gordon Ramsay in Boiling Point, which is like about fucking twenty five years old at this point. Yeah, it's just very you know, exciting. everyone's watched the bear. Everyone thinks they can work in a professional kitchen. <laughs> um, I uh, haven't actually finished the bear yet, but I can't. I keep seeing um, people making that omelet that you sent to me yes. and i haven't seen this bit yet this is like this borsan omelet with like uh crisps on top yeah and uh i don't like borsan obviously but uh you know it looks very fancy now i was coming back um from ireland on the plane and the the flight you know the pilot you know generously told us how we might be stuck on that plane after we had boarded for approximately six hours on the runway cue like mental breakdown it turned out to only be two but the girl beside me or across the aisle had the bear all preloaded on her phone and she was watching it and i was like craning my neck so bad to try and get to see i could see the scene with like olivia coleman i really have to catch up and watch that yeah, we, yeah, I should as well. It's just very, that first season is very intense, stressful. Yeah. And I th- I heard that the second season is kind of less so. Mm. Um, 
but you have to make it through. They're only like half an hour episodes, right? But they're very high tension. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. anyway we we might do a mini sode on the bear when we when we finally finish it. <laughs> yeah, we'll like be ten years after everyone else has finished it. At the rate we're going. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, from uh, shit men to great ones. <laughs> I like it. Great transition. Thank you. <laughs> We're here to talk about someone that we've talk- mentioned so many times on this podcast, but never dedicated a whole episode to or looked at any of his books in detail. And that is one Ed Kimmer. Kimmer? Ed Kimmer. 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 Right, Ed Kimmer. C- come here and I'll hug you. Um, c- Ed Kimber, <laughs> aka The Boy Who Bakes. We love him. End of episode. Do you think he's gonna, still going to go by like the boy who bakes when he's like seventy <laughs> two? <laughs> sounds like Harry Potter. The boy who lived. <laughs> the boy who lived. The boy who baked. Yeah, I wonder if he um. I wonder if he regrets that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we start. I, I don't think. I don't think he needs to regret it. I just. No. I just noticed that um. Olivia Potts of Half Baked Idea, who mm-hmm. recently bought a new cookbook called Butter, she changed her instagram uh handle recently from a half-baked idea to just her name and i was like oh that's a very common yeah thing so maybe it's the equivalent of like your crappy teenage email address that you don't want to stand by you know mine banani88 at hotmail.com mine was little pink flower (laughs) (laughs) why were you a little pink flower what do you mean i'm sorry what do you mean? Why? You, are, you are my, you are my little pink flower. <laughs> um, Ed Kimber, shall I tell you a little bit about him before we get into the zaboot yes, that we're please. going to talk about? So, did you know, I'm sure you did, that Ed was the inaugural winner of the Great British Bake Off. So he won the very I did know one. that, but I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Well, now you do, non-knowers. And he has six best-selling cookbooks so the first was the boy who bakes then there was say it with cake and patisserie made simple which I, I didn't know about really before I hadn't seen them and then this kind of like great one that we've talked about loads I know we're going to talk about more today called one tin bakes that was 2020 then one tin bakes easy which Vic has as well and now his most recent one is small batch bakes which I'm going to talk about and which is really exciting um because it's just a great idea like you know especially yeah. one tin bakes makes a lot it, it's those tin the one tin that it's based off is a generous serving right so like it was oh my god it's huge blade massive um so he uh, he's got loads of you know acclaim from like nigella and people like that um he apparently he was uh he worked in the corporate world you know, like the rest of us. He studied politics <laughs> at university, realised the corporate world wasn't for him. And then he entered the Bake Off and when he won, he just kind of followed that train and, and he does loads of freelance writing for loads of magazines, all the food ones you can think of, like BBC Good Food, All of Delicious, Washington Post, Guardian. He's on TV loads. He... um has a sub stack which looks really good mm. um i'm always tempted to follow and i have not signed up to that but some of the recipes that he posts about on that are um look amazing on his instagram 
Yeah, he um, does a lot of um, uh, like paid partnerships as well, doesn't he, on his blog? Yes. With nice recipes. But, but good ones. You know, sometimes you see oh, bakers yeah. do really random ones. Wait, who did I see? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. An unnamed <laughs> bake-off person recently did one with, like, a hair um, comp... Or, like, it was, like, Garnier about... Um, oh keeping their hair you know they're they're busy bakers that need to keep their, their hair looking great at the same time that's a stretch isn't it that's a stretch <laughs> my god um so i do i think that um yes. yeah ed kimber always does really good ones he used to have a podcast called stir the pot um which i don't think he does anymore but it had really good guests like david Leibovitz and Asha Lenghi and so on he lives in london with his partner and his dog wesley that is appears on his Instagram a lot. Um, and apart from that, there's not much like, you know, not much juice or goss online about him. I feel like he's, you know, he just gets his head down and he gets the baking done, does our Ed. That's it's what we've always said egg. about him. He's just a good... A good Ed. A good... <laughs> he's got a good Ed on him. That one. <laughs> um, yeah, I just really like him. If anyone ever he's asked great. me for... Like, whenever I did... When I did start a baking sourdough, he was the person that I went to because he does like these great step-by-step guides on his website. He's got a lot of like free content out there as well. That's um, mm. just really good recipes as well as the books. So I think we've said it before, but you know, if you don't follow him, give him a follow. Cause he's, we give him a like follow. Him a lot. He's also absolute um, interior design goals. Like some of his interiors, True. he's like, do He's like bought a house or a flat, um, well, I think I'm he's Walthamstow direction. Oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was gonna say, that's not but yes, he he moved to Walthamstow, I think. Um, and he's like done it all. They've done it all themselves, mm. him and his partner. And it, honestly, like he, a lot of that stuff is like saved on my phone. I was like, oh, we should do that. We should do that. Um, it's kind of an old, an older building, so a lot of it doesn't fit with this. The, I, I live in a new build house, but yeah, it's um. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's just got an eye. He's got an eye for it. Well, they all do. Like, right, you know, Ravneet's house looks bloody great as well. Oh, I just want yeah. this life of this, you know, freelance. They work bloody hard. Don't get me wrong, but it's it just it looks nice. They look like mm. nice lives. Um, I forgot to mention that he apparently regularly teaches at Leith School of Food and Wine as well, which is oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about the background to the Small Batch Bakes book as well, which he's done a few interviews on But um, when we talk about that. But, so, we're going to start talking about but. the first book that we both have, which is yes. One Tin Bakes. One Tin Bakes, woohoo! So the premise of this is that you have one size tin. A 9 by 13. A 9 by 13 which I think I admitted in the podcast previously, I bought and somehow managed to buy the wrong size. And then for yeah. a birthday gift, uh, my lovely work colleague who listens to the podcast got me the right size tin. <laughs> and mm. since then, haven't stopped baking from this book. <laughs> yeah. Nine by 13 was all I needed to get me going. <laughs> which is just a genius concept for, a, a you know, a book when we all have, or at least I, my cupboard is like, stacked with various tins that love to fall out at mm. every opportunity he just need one and it's like a complete range of recipes there's like cakes there's cookies and things like that there's pastries no bakes breads 
It's very diverse. More diverse it's really than diverse. a Thomas Straker chef lineup. <laughs> <laughs> More diverse in the first like two pages than that. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, it's such it's a joy, isn't it, to to read. Um yeah, I feel like this maybe I don't I don't don't know Ed obviously, but I, I if this was me, if if my career looked like his, I feel like this would be my my baby. This book particularly, it feels like yeah. he's really gone in on it. Like it's it's not it's no holes barred. Some of it is like tough. Like some of it's like hard work. There's like a brioche dough in there that that goes into various things. Yeah. There's you know multi step stuff. It's all using the pan eventually but you know it's not yeah it's not like a quick and easy book um but there's something for like every time of year there's oh and I feel like also some of the flavor combinations are so unique and like it's not just like your standard like oh there's a chocolate cake and there's a Victoria sponge and like oh there's you know pineapple I don't know there's just it's just different yeah, there's this passion fruit and lime tres mm. leches case cake case case study that I wanted to <laughs> pursue in further detail. And cake that I've wanted to make for ages and haven't, but I think that sounds great. Yes, there's like a whiskey and rye cherry like pie. That it's very it feels very like he yeah, he's just like all the things he loves, you know, there's like a you know, fake kind of pop tart recipe in here, which frankly looks great. Um, it's a lot of like, American inspired like desserts, cobbler. Oh, it's just great. It's just great. Cobbler. The another thing I've wanted to make for ages as well. I haven't got around to it. Is the olive oil cherry snack? Yes, cake. that looks bloody great yeah. as well. Upside down banana buckwheat cake. Oh, oh, it's great. Genius on genius. Um, what is a buckle? What's a oh. What is it like a cobbler? Oh, it's it's a cake laced with fruit and topped with streusel. Oh, so yeah, like a like a crumble with a streusel topping. The matcha roll cake looks amazing. Like it's not my oh no, not the matcha roll. That looks great, but the roasted plum roll cake. It's like you like yes. rolls it and then put like turns it. On, on its, its side, side so that when you cut into it it looks like the the rolls are like vertical like it looks amazing um yeah Ashlengi has one like that in sweet i think he calls it a zebra cake or mm. something but they look so impressive when they're caught yeah yeah i've often talked about the carrot cake yeah. from this with the brown butter cream f- cheese frosting which for me was a total game changer and is like now the only carrot cake recipe that I use. He does include chocolate in that and I do, or chocolate chips and I generally don't. But even without, it's amazing. And that was like the base of the wedding cake that I did last yeah. year. I've also made that and it is, yeah. and I made it into like cupcakes for my son's Ooh. nursery. And oh, it was so good. And it's just so, it's, it's such a giant recipe. Like you, I was going to yes. make two lots of that carrot cake for um, when I made that. And I, I made one. I was like, there's so much cake. <laughs> like, it. Th- I mean, that's another good thing. Like, if you've got, if you're going to a party or, I don't know, it's good for sharing, basically. Yes. Yeah. 
and trans a lot of this is great for transporting i know that sounds really silly but like i always struggle with how to transport stuff if you you're going to like a garden party or whatever and because it's all in the one tint generally you can like leave it in there while you and bring it and then just slice it up when you get to wherever some of it it some of it is a little bit like there's finger buns and stuff that you do in here that isn't um the shape of the tray essentially but um yeah it's just there's a lot of party pleasers and I've made loads from it um for like different birthdays and stuff like that and it's kind of varying levels of complication like my life (laughs) I've not cooked that much from it which is why I was excited to make have this opportunity to do it because I've I I admire it a lot but a lot of the time I see things and I'm like oh that's gonna take longer than I have um yes so I I was excited to be able to like you know spend some actual time um with some of these things I'm I didn't make them I am absolutely desperate to make the espresso cacao nib morning buns which he says are a ode to the tartine ones which are made with croissant dough like uh, you have to make the croissant dough uh right but he makes his with brioche dough um so it's a (laughs) it's a slightly less involved process but you still need like overnight but i i just know that i'd love them so i need to make amazing make time because i've yeah i love that tartine cookbook which we should um talk about we should also do that yeah so i haven't made anything from this one for this episode but like I said, I've made the carrot cake loads of times. I made the tahini chocolate chip cookie bars before it as mm. well, which <clears throat> are good. Um, are just a really, probably one of the more straightforward um, recipes in the book in that it's just a kind of cookie dough that's pressed into the tin. But the tahini adds, obviously it's tahini and I'm, I will include it on everything. Mm. It adds like a really nice dimension. I made also the milk chocolate sheet, caramel sheet cake, I think, before, which I don't love chocolate cake. I think I've said that many times. Mm. But this one, the icing on it is just insanely delicious. So it's um, a a milk chocolate salted caramel ganache that you spread on top. Um, you need you do that first because you need to chill it. But yeah, you make like basically a salted caramel, and then you pour that caramel over chocolate, so that it Ooh. melts the chocolate, and then you stir it until it makes like a ganache, and it is so wow. delicious. And then you make the chocolate sheet cake, which is pretty straightforward. But you um scatter over salted peanuts on top of the cake. That sounds great. Oh, it's absolutely delicious. I've also made the raspberry cheesecake squares. Which, or maybe they're streusel squares. And I made those for you. Do you remember you, me, um, our friends Becca and Paula went to Kew Gardens a yes! couple of years ago during lockdown. And I had just got this book and I polled you guys on which of the recipes you would like me to make. And the raspberry cheesecake streusel squares came out on top. And they were delicious. They're exactly, yeah, like a cheesecakey base, raspberry cheesecake kind of topping and then you know a kind of nice crumbly um stew salon yeah they were great delicious i'm i'm sure there's more that i've made as well but it's just and so much more that i want to i would it's one of those few books that i would probably happily make like 90 percent of it yeah i mean i'm not interested in most of the like desserty stuff because it's very like custardy and um Mm. you know creamy and stuff but the rest of it absolutely should i tell you what i made for the app. Yes, 
in these. So I made two things from this because I was excited to, you know, get stuck in. I had so many bookmarks, though, for what I wanted to do, and I wasn't sure. But anyway, so the first thing I made was the roasted white chocolate oatmeal raisin cookie bars. Ooh, how are they? They were fun. It was a really, like... Yeah, it was fun. It was it was different. It's obviously something I've never done before. So it's essentially like an oatmeal raisin, like cook, kind of cookie, kind of, yeah, oaty bar base, which right. is very kind of simple. Um, well, not yeah. simple. It's just butter, flour, rolled oats, salt, golden syrup. Doesn't he love golden syrup? Like it's in so much stuff. Um Light brown sugar, milk powder, which I didn't have, so I just used milk, bicarbonate of soda, and raisins that have been soaked. And you basically just you melt uh, the butter, the um, sugar, and the golden syrup together, and pour it over the rest of the ingredients, and then like pack right. it in to the pack it in um, pack it to in. the thing, and then bake it. But which is and that's delicious on its own. You wouldn't need to do the yeah. topping if if you like that kind of um, thing. That's delicious. But then the pièce de résistance is the roasted white chocolate ganache for the top. So oh. you get uh, three hundred and seventy grams of white chocolate, roughly chopped, Ooh. and you roast it in the oven to melt right. it. So you put nice. it on your you put it in your pan and uh, you kind of so bake it for 60 to 90 minutes stirring vigorously every wow. 15 minutes that's so long yeah it's at uh 120 degrees so quite low yeah okay. um so yeah you mix it so it goes into like a yeah a goldeny color um right. and yeah then you kind of put it in a bowl and heat it so this is like a it's it's quite a process and i feel like i didn't have the best white chocolate for it because mine right. didn't really fully like melt like in a, in like a creamy like you know like you, you imagine chocolate melting it does go yeah. grainy and he does say uh get white chocolate with at least 30 percent cocoa butter but that's really hard to find as in like the that has the cocoa butter on it um yeah and 370 grams or whatever is so much of it right yeah that's, yeah, that's quite i'm sure it'd be quite expensive if you were to get really good quality yeah um but it it melted it roasted like the smell was beautiful i love that like caramac mm. like start Me like too. taste anyway um yeah so i roasted it and it, it didn't I, I did all the things but it didn't quite melt the way that he said um which was a shame but so once you once it's kind of cooled for a bit you add it to a like a bamari with heavy cream 150 mils of heavy cream but what right. i did was is i put all the chocolate in the bamari first and just gave that a little like use that to like melt it a bit better so it was Could a bit more right melty and then added yeah. the cream so it was right more liquid um yeah and then after your you know your thing is baked you're supposed yeah. to do the yeah you do the the white chocolate first and then clean the pan because it's one pan or right? <laughs> clean the pan and then, put, and then bake the oats and then you just pour the ganache over the top once uh and then sprinkle it no then you put it in the fridge for a bit and after about an hour or so you sprinkle it with salt and put it back in the fridge so it's got that, um you know it's got that salty yes something which 
he just knows how to do that so well yeah that balance of salt and sweet yeah they were great very very sweet incredibly right <laughs> sweet because you've got obviously like you've got in the base you've got like sugar you've got um milk powder if you use it you've got the golden syrup like it's a, and the raisins so very sweet and then obviously white chocolate is already super sweet and then you're Mm. Yeah. like roasting it but anyway really the taste that that ganache is so nice like you could put that I bet. on like anything Your body. yes yes <laughs> and you should <laughs> yeah. you could you could put that you could like drizzle you could have it as a drizzle they said if you did like less but um yeah it was great um he does say to cut it into very like small bars which i think is what Yeah. it needs um you just you've just got loads like Yeah. it, 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 it it's just so, so big but yeah loved it i loved making that little ganache i felt so chefy <laughs> um yeah like a, a ganache is one of those things that sounds really intimidating right but actually in practice it's just about like yeah melting chocolate with some warm cream but yes it's so impressive and then i think he he's done recipes where he'll like whip up the ganache as well yes so it looks like really great oh he's just very smart he's very smart and he's just in a, he's an innovator so that was that that's very good liked it and then the second thing i made was the laminated nectarine and raspberry buckwheat scones Ooh, how fun. yeah I like your choices here. They're good. They're, thanks they're very like unique. summery i love Yeah. a nectarine um Me too. And nectarines love you. thank you You know, I was eating a nectarine the other day and I offered Stephen some, my husband, and he thought it was an apple because I had it like cut up. It kind of looked an apple. And I was like, oh, it's, an, it's a nectarine, not an apple. And he was like, oh, and I like, put it down. And I was like, what? I was like, try it. And he tried it and he was like, it just tastes like dirty water to me. <laughs> Oh and I was my like, God, I was like, Stephen! Good Lord, when are the divorce papers coming? next week. <laughs> Marion Ed Kimber I'm instead. already <laughs> you know anyway um so these are fun so they're not laminated in the they're just kind of folded the the Yeah. the the filling is like folded into the scone thing so you like so basically you make a scone dough with um 230 grams of plain flour 180 grams of buckwheat flour baking powder Only 50 grams of sugar. So you're getting the sweetness from the, from the fruit. from the dirty water fruit From the dirty water fruit. Um, salt, unsalted butter, sour cream, three eggs, vanilla extract. Um, nice so you, you kind of make the scone as you would, like kind of you rub the butter into the flowers, mhm mm add it all together, blah, blah, blah. And then you roll it out. into a rectangle and then you fold it up like you would be would you would start to laminate and then you put it in the fridge to chill um Gotcha. just chill just calm down dough Just, yeah just just calm calm down down. You're all <laughs> white, okay? all white. <laughs> no it's got the buckwheat in it so it makes it <laughs> it's, a, it's a dough of color um and then you get it out after like 20 minutes and then you roll it into a square And you're supposed to then put like raspberry jam, Okay. but <laughs> I misread it and bought actual raspberries. So <laughs> I just crushed up some raspberries and added some like sugar. <laughs> Nice, yeah. <laughs> um, 
which Pretty actually good. made it really lovely uh, and spread that out. And then you kind of sprinkle the nectarines, the chopped nectarines on top. And then you fold Ooh. it up again, like a, like a letter into thirds. Oh, wow. Smart. And, yeah. And then, so it's like, it's folded in there and then you cut it into three squares and those into triangles. And then right. that's your, and then you bake it, you brush it with um, an egg and demerara sugar and just nice. put them in the oven for 20 to 25 minutes. And they were great. They're massive. They come out really, right. you're only getting six scones out of that giant recipe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that is, yeah. So Huge. they're really big. Um, but But maybe it wouldn't work with a smaller one because you want, enough nectarine in there in each one yeah um and they yeah kind of folded it it's really nice it would be lovely with yeah some yogurt or creme fraiche or something and he says to eat mm. them like warm out the oven or gently warm them and that's what i did kind of serve them gently warmed um gently. with a dollop of creme fraiche yes exactly <laughs> and they were so nice they were so like not too sweet and like the raspberry you know, had that like obviously had that like tang, and then the nectarines, mm-hmm. you know, taste that like that beautiful dirty water essence <laughs> in them. Ah, <laughs> uh, it just worked. But also, you could make this with anything, like you, you know, whatever yes. time of year it is, use whatever fruit you want. I think yeah. you do with this. They sound very much inspired by the kind of American biscuit yeah. shape yeah, and yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. They remind me of those. Um, Alison Roman ones which I failed at in the <laughs> you know kind of they kind of don't look uniform you know a lot of scones are like yeah you, know, you, you cut them out with a, a cookie cut or whatever but yeah I thought they were great Ooh. and I thought you uh you could use all sorts of things I was thinking about making them again actually because I have we inherited a plum tree in our garden oh. uh when we moved and it's got so much fruit on it this year like and I've got to go and you know, harvest the plums. Oh my god! And I was Sorry. like, "What did you?" I'm co-hosting with like the bloody barefoot contessa or whatever. Yes, yes. making. <laughs> we inherited a plum tree, <laughs> and I'm off to harvest the plums. Making plum gin for my dinner party this weekend. Um, I'm just into slow living now. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, I might. I, I feel like I should make something out of them so that this could be the one but yeah loved it and there's so much i would have made if i you know had the time the whiskey and rye peach cake looks great here's what i'll I'll let you know what else i had bookmarked i had the anzac cookies i love an anzac oh they're anzac caramel chocolate slices so it's like a millionaire shortbread but the base is an anzac cookie and that's nice. because, uh, for our non uh, Antipodean listeners, <laughs> that is like a oat biscuit, right? Like yeah, oh, slapjacky so kind of vibe, yes. but in a cook- cookie. Kind oh, of. I love them. What else did I have bookmarked? I have the grapefruit meringue pie bookmarked because I think that would be great. Yes, is this um, one? Grape. It also, does this great? <laughs> Is the grapefruit <laughs> poppy seed cake? I think that might be in one Tim Pakes easy. Yes, it yeah. is. Um, the, the raspberry cream, you know, talking about Antipodean uh, food, I love lamingtons as well. And he has a lamington, um, raspberry cream lamington recipe 
which yes. was on my list as well like actual like real squares which i thought i'd probably fuck it up really bad but um <laughs> no, you love a lamington oh i i forgot to mention that i made the jandu i never know how to say this word Ganduya. Janduja. Oh, that fancy chocolate. <laughs> Sorry, please hold. It's like hazelnutty, isn't it? Gan- mm. Oh my lord above. You know what I'm trying to say. Blondies, the blondies with them. Um, and they're really good. You make them with hazelnut butter. And then you scatter like Ooh. milk chocolate and um, hazelnuts on top. Do you have they're to make delicious. your own hazelnut butter? No, you just buy it. Yeah, you just buy it. He says it can be hard to get, but you can use almond butter instead. I think I use hazelnut mm. butter. But um, yeah, that was another good one. Can I just oh. say that I've gone off hazelnuts since my Hazel. experience with hazelnut chicken <laughs> for, um, <laughs> oh my God, what was the book? Oh my God, what was that? The was big, it a French one? The big... LaRousse. LaRousse. <laughs> Every time La I think Rousse. of it, LaRousse like, La is on fire. Hazelnut chicken. <laughs> I don't blame you. That was bleak. That was the things we've done for this show, man. What was wrong with me? Well, I was also like pregnant as well. No, that I just it just was <laughs> no. Anyway, so that's one tin uh, bakes. That's one tin bakes. Right, it's absolutely worth. I mean, obviously, you've just Hannah's cooked most of it. She could have written it. Um, <laughs> I wish. Uh, I it's wish. great. And then, so off the back of that, I think that people probably said to at the boy who bakes ed kimber that he you know some of those were a bit tricky a bit involved yeah. Yeah. um maybe not what they're expecting from like a one tin cookbook or you know yeah uh things so he brought out one tin bakes easy which is exactly the same vibe uh so you can still use your nine by 13 tin but it's just a bit easier yeah. very some of them are incredibly easy um similar um chapters so one bowl and all-in-one cakes bars and cookies five ingredient bakes oh wow no bake treats desserts etc um yeah i don't have this one as you know but i'm really very tempted to buy it so yeah that whether i do or not depends on the next few minutes oh my goodness (laughs) i think this book is worth its weight in gold it's it, it's one of my favorite books i've cooked loads from it um the peanut butter bars are a hit mm. they're literally just peanut butter and oats and uh probably golden golden syrup um <laughs> he's got blueberry lemonade scones which you make literally with like a can of sprite shush um, that's yeah. so fun uh here's a picture of them they look great i've made those oh, they do there's more there's a lot of tahini in here salt okay I'm yeah it. brown sugar sugar brown sugar ricotta and olive oil cake oh it's just yes. it's so good and it's it's all very simple um but what i'm going to talk about uh today is a recipe that hannah and i both love because sometimes hannah will text me and be like oh can you send me the rest this recipe from this book and it's often this book um or also i think we haven't said this there is so much gluten-free and vegan recipes in these books yes or um options to make it vegan or gluten-free and so whenever we have to bake for a vegan or someone who's gluten-free i feel like this is our go-to 
But yes. the recipe I'm going to talk about is worth the right, the price of admission alone. If you buy this book, <laughs> you I think you will make this recipe a thousand times. I would I just want these in my house constantly. Yeah. Um I've probably made them about 10 times at this point. Like I love them. They're impressive. They are the brown sugar tahini scotcheroos. <sighs> and the way I would I'm describe get them, them tattooed on my body. Yes, me too. You know, never mind a cabbage. Uh, let's get a scotcheroo. And the way I describe, so when I made these um, for the book, for the episode, I gave them out to various uh, neighbours and stuff because we were going away that weekend. And, uh, you know, anyway, and I was like, they're great. They're like a adult Rice Krispie cake. Yes, <laughs> you know, that's they, exactly it. And, oh my God. God, they're so good and they're so easy. So there's no cooking involved. There's no baking involved. Yeah. It literally just... So you get 245 grams of tahini, uh, 325 grams of golden syrup, corn syrup or honey, (laughs) 220 grams of light brown sugar. And yes, I know that sounds incredibly sweet. Um, So you kind of put that all in a pan and you mix it together. I would say here's my tip if you make these uh don't use honey i feel like honey has too much of a strong taste and you want yeah. that like teeny taste to come through and i feel like honey true. can be very you know it has has its own special taste yeah. um and then so you basically melt all that down over a saucepan until it's all t- together and then for your workout for the day what you do (laughs) over um 200 grams of rice krispies puff rice cereal and then you have to mix it like as quick as possible before it cools down to like have it all mixed and that's way harder than it seems (laughs) yeah you think you're done and then you find this little pocket of like uncoated rice krispies and you're like god damn and you're like gotta keep it's Um, because the quantity is quite yes big as well it's just yeah it's a big workout but it's worth it stay with it so worth it and then you you've got your nine by 13 pound you basically press your um that those rice krispies covered in that lovely sauce into your pan in like an even layer um wet your hands and do it that's my tip if you don't uh if you if you're if it's all sticking to your spoon because it is like sticky um and then you melt some chocolate 300 grams of chocolate just however you want to melt it microwave whatever and you just pour that over the top Hmm? sit on it sit yeah that's it. Leave it out in the in the heat if you've got some, uh, <laughs> oh, and God. you just put that over the top. And then you can, if you want to, you can sprinkle with sesame seeds, and mm-hmm. I do. And then yeah, you just it looks pretty. Yeah, and then you just put them in the fridge for like. Oh do, wait, sorry, I've missed a step. Uh-oh. You put your rice krispies in the fridge to set. Yeah, before you put the chocolate on. For like which, an hour. Yeah, which is, I think it's, it's necessary. But also usually, in, in from experience, mine is like cooled, quite, it's cooled mm. quite a lot by the time you've even put it in the yes. tray. So it's like fairly easy to work with. If you're yeah. short on time, you might need a full hour. Yeah, or you just put it in the freezer even for a couple of, yeah. for 10 minutes or so. Um, and then you pour the chocolate over and then put it back in the fridge until that's set. Yeah. Um, 
and then you can cut them up and they are the best thing in the world they're maybe my favorite <laughs> sweet treat that i could make they are so addictive yeah and everyone will love them as long as they're not allergic to uh sesames they're just 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 buy them just make them buy this book and make them they are fantastic I've put, uh, there's no butter in the, them is there no uh, no because I, I remember thinking for um you could probably make them vegan easily too if you use like a vegan dark chocolate or yes, something yes for... that's literally he has a note he says um uh make the scotch roos vegan replace the milk chocolate with dark chocolate or use yeah. a vegan product and then he said uh because it's it's supposed to be it's it's supposed to be gluten free. He says, "Yes, uh, be sure to use puffed rice that is made without malt es- extract. Um, most supermarket owned brands are made without and therefore gluten free. But that's just something to check. Uh, oh, they're so good! I want. I wish I could eat one right now. They're so good because they're really Moorish. They're really crunchy and like it's like a decent bite, right? They're yeah, easy to make and they're quick. But they have like certain depth of flavor from the brown sugar and the tahini. Yes, you, you don't need to put your oven on." I like, I've made them a few times now. I made them for some neighbours when they moved in. And they just seem impressive, but they're not yeah. not really high yeah. stakes. And you'd think they would be really sweet because of all the sugar and the golden syrup. Uh, but they're not. No. There's something, the tahini takes it away. Um, and it, they're just, I could eat a thousand of them. I ha- I probably have eaten yeah. about a thousand of them because whatever I make them, I'll leave like a couple of behind for yeah. myself at home, and then they just don't last very long. They're not something I get sick of easily no. either. I I they're like mine incredible. from straight from the fridge. Yes, um, they're good cold. Yeah, nice cold because then you the the chocolate stays kind of. Oh, they're just hats off to Ed Kimber for the scotch. Oh, honestly, that's what I, I mean. Like you know, the rest of this book's great, but you could just make those, and it's worth like I said, the price of admission. Yeah, because that, actually that recipe isn't online. I've looked before. Mm. Here's a sesame milk chocolate shortbread, which I absolutely would oh. make. Uh, yeah. Just sesame fans, as we all know. Um, <laughs> frosted oatmeal cream bars. Uh, he has an everything but the kitchen sink, sink cookie in this, which is basically whatever you've got left over. It's like a compost cookie. And he's like, nice. I'm giving you ideas of what you could put in here. And he's got like pretzels and crisps and all this stuff. But just whatever you've got, you can make it. Um, oh, I've made the Samoa bars as well, which are like, um, they're his take on like that Girl Scout cookie. It's like a coconut yes. and chocolate and oaty bar. Great. Um really also want to make he's got blueberry sour cream bars which is like a sandwich bar it's like oats like an oaty thing either side and then in the middle it's like sour cream and blueberries yeah yeah it's great buy it i just that's what i've got to say oh. about that <laughs> yes that that i i do think i i'm gonna buy that book or it sounds really great the last book that we're going to talk about is one oh, yes. that i baked from and it's his most recent one called small batch bakes which Yay. so he uh, yeah he's he said that he's just had the complaint from a lot of people that he lo- they love to bake but they live on their own or they just have them and their kids and you know it kind of came about during lockdown that people weren't able to share things as much as before so he and his partner were kind of doing like a lot of smaller um recipes and so he really wanted to make like baking as relevant to most people's lives as possible which i just think is 
really nice so it's yeah it's meant to be more of a kind of a daily cookbook I bought the kindle version because I was going home to Ireland and I wanted to bake from it there and I didn't want to log a book uh thank you Reiner but (laughs) it is still I mean it was such a bargain on kindle as well I think it was like less than a pound so you know if, if that is how you like to uh buy your cookbooks I would really recommend this one but it turns out that my sister's oven was bloody broken anyway, so I couldn't even bake while Aww. I was there. God, what? <laughs> my rider obviously didn't arrive on time. <laughs> I don't go anywhere unless there's an operating oven. <laughs> and a 9 by 13 pan. Not that that book needs yeah. it, but you know. I um, know. So there's... Uh, I'm so, I'm such an old person. I don't know how to work Kindle a lot of the time. Anyway, um, it's on my phone. But this is broken up into um, like freezing, basics, equipment. Um, then he's got like a section for leftover eggs, pastry, cookies, bars and treats, cakes, desserts, bread and buns, small batch basics. But um, the freezing part is interesting because he just said that um, most of this most of the recipes in it can be frozen really well. The cakes can be frozen for up to a month. Um, just oh, freeze nice. your buttercream separately. And he just gives you little tips on what to do, which I just think is great. Um, and then he kind of gives you some equipment and stuff that you should have. And then he get this I love, the leftover eggs recipe is, section is great. And it's just like the following recipes use egg yolks or egg whites um, so that if you have any leftover, just go straight to these recipes, which is great. You've got like lime coconut macaroons and one egg pistachio and raspberry meringue cookies, a little one egg pavlova for two people. That is so cute and also sounds great. Yeah. Caramelized banana pudding if you've got two egg yolks. If you've got, yeah, just what a man. Um, so, <laughs> like, just, just some of this is just great. Like an ind- individual tart to tan. Um, I was very tempted, and I think I sent you the screenshot to make, uh, but I f- also felt like it was very classic me, the Fetenza Tar Barekas, oh, which yeah. are like, you know, um, closely related to the Turkish Barek, like these Israeli-inspired Barekas. And you make a flaky pastry. The filling is just cream cheese, feta cheese, za'atar. And then he recommends that when you bake them, you cut them open and then you make them into like a ceviche, like oh, we made before. Yeah. So like with boiled egg, pickled tomato, tahini, zug, whatever. And it makes like a pastry sandwich. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Absolutely. Yes, please. All day long. I made two things from this. Uh, also it's worth mentioning that he has a recipe called the emergency chocolate chip cookie and it makes one cookie which I just really love a tablespoon of butter a tablespoon of sugar a tablespoon of caster sugar little milk flour baking powder and and two tablespoons of chocolate dark chocolate and then you just make that is great yeah I think I, I might have to do that um, yes, I made two things. The first one was the blueberry hazelnut chicken. No, <laughs> blueberry <laughs> hazelnut. <laughs> I was really listening. <laughs> really, that really, that really got me. Good one. <laughs> blueberry hazelnut ricotta snack cake. Ooh. And I just love anything with ricotta. And when I worked in um, that restaurant that I've mentioned a couple of times that it was short-lived, that one of my jobs was always to make this blueberry hazelnut 
I think it was a ricotta cake. So I was just kind of imagining that it might be like this. He uses rye flour um, and he says it's a secret weapon, weapon in baking. Um, and it kind of, the ricotta highlights the rye flavor. So it's really, really easy. It's four to six servings. So you use a normal um, nine, point, nine by five inch loaf tin. And yeah, it's the, the both things that I made from this were really, really quick. So you basically mix flours together, plain flour and wholemeal rye flour, which is really expensive. It's like three eighty a bag or something. Anyway, Cosy lives, yeah. Um, Cosy lives. <laughs> you bake, mix that with baking powder, bicarbonate, baking, soda, salt, and sugar. Baking powder. <laughs> Did I say thank you? Oh, do thank you, thank And then in another bowl, you whisk together ricotta and an egg, and you add this mixture to the flour bowl. This was quite like tough. He says to stir gently until a smooth batter forms, but it did feel quite like there was more dry than wet. But it kind of came together then. And then you scrape that into your tin, your loaf tin. You sprinkle the top of that with hazelnuts and blueberries and a little demerara sugar. And you bake it for about 35 minutes. I wasn't, yeah, I, this one, I don't know if I, I wasn't fully sold on this, I'm not going to lie. But I, I'm not discounting it because of that, because everything else he's done that I've made is amazing. So I think maybe I did something wrong, but it, the, the, the the batter's quite like stiff, like I said, and like mm. spreading it in the tin was like a little tricky. And then when I it was quite a like chewy crumb. Oh. It was quite like like I'd over mixed it, which right. maybe I did. Maybe that maybe in trying to bring it all together mm. I did overmix it. But the blueberry and hazelnuts on top like were lovely and the, it was the right kind of proportions of everything. It was just that batter itself I didn't mm. like um adore but he he says that you can freeze the slices up to a month as well so all throughout the book there's just like all these little tips on like not wasting and um how to kind of like prolong the life of of whatever you make so that was that one I wasn't yeah like I said I wasn't hugely mad about that but the second thing that I made were the spiced cheddar cornbread muffins Ooh. Oh, this book was this book sounds great because my one request of Ed Kimber is that he makes a wanting bakes savory because there's no savory yes. stuff in the wanting bakes but you like you've mentioned a few things from this book that are savory things this whole section he's got um overnight croque madame waffles which is great he does smash burgers which is weird sage and onion buttermilk biscuits um cacio e pepe i can never say that right cacio e pepe stuffed rolls so there's like ricotta mozzarella parmesan and loads of black pepper in these like bready roll things cheese stuffed garlic flatbreads there's loads of savory in here and then these spiced cheddar cornbread muffins which I love um they were so good I'm laughing because the person I gave them to said that they smelled like pepperoni which I think was a compliment but there was no pepperoni in there but it's because there's quite a lot of like smoked paprika in here right okay yeah so it just makes six I had like a silicon and kind of overly mold um where the molds the individual 
portions are quite small so I ended up making about eight but it's not yeah again it's not like a huge um portion so it's just butter melted plain flour cornmeal caster sugar only 50 grams so not a huge amount baking powder English mustard powder and smoked paprika which kind of adds that kind of Mm. spiciness um salt eggs buttermilk and then grated strong cheddar cheese and then to garnish it you you meant to use pickled jalapeno chilies and dried chili flakes i forgot to buy the pickled jalapeno chili chili so i just did the dried chili flakes Mm. um but it was yeah really really easy so you just grease your tin dry ingredients together you make a well in the center you make a wee (laughs) you make a well in the center and you put in your egg i wish (laughs) you smell like pepperoni um make a well in the center pour in eggs buttermilk melted butter you just stir that together add in your cheese and then you stir it together again and then you just spoon it into the muffin tins You bake them, yeah, so that's when you garnish them with your jalapenos, if you remember to buy them, and then a pinch of chilli flakes. And you just bake them for, like, 15 minutes. They bake so quickly. They rise up beautifully, like, really nice Mm. and domed. And then I was just, like, dying to eat them, you know, when you're just, like, you get them out of the oven and you're like, oh, my God, I so want to taste these. Um, He says that before he serves them, he brushes the top of the muffin with a little warmed honey and an extra sprinkle of cheddar. Uh, but it's optional. Um, they were just really, really good because they're not too big. You can basically just eat them on their own. They mm. don't really need to be like spread with anything. Yeah. Especially when they're warm. But um, like the next day, I just like split them open and like put like some butter on, or you mm. could like oh, make you know you so could make good. them like just savory little bread rolls or whatever. They were delicious. They've got a kick from that paprika and from the mustard and the chili. The chili flakes on top so they're just not like overly cheesy that's just the cheese is just there in the background and they were delicious oh my god i'm gonna i feel like that i want this book now they sound so good i love cornbread and i feel like i'm still chasing like there's a yeah i've had a couple of like amazing ones in my life one from my american friend's mom who makes it shout out to chris and alexa um amazing amazing yeah. and then also do you remember when like the chilton firehouse was a thing yes. <laughs> um they did a cornbread these little cornbread madeleines <gasps> that i went right. with like a honey butter oh, um yeah oh and they i feel like that is the that is the cornbread high that i've always been trying to chase and i'd always try and make it like but they sound great with the jalapenos in they are really great. Um, I think cornbread can often be a bit dry as yeah. well. I think it's quite nice when they're in that individual muffin shape because yes. they just can't get that dry. He has like an olive oil and feta quick bread as well where he's trying to like recreate, you know, his holiday in Crete, basically. It looks great. He's got like a pizza night for two Cute. Um, recipe to just make like yeast pizzas. And um, oh, it's just it's a very, very smart concept. I love it. I love it. I love him. I love you. (laughs) And I love you. Um, We're just big, big Kimber fans. Big Kimber. Big Kimber on campus. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know where it's going. Brown butter, salted maple tarts. Oh, that sounds good. I'm buying this book maybe right now. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to go. But thanks. (laughs) Thanks for your time. I need to go and buy this book. (laughs) 
I'll buy the easy one. Um, yeah. So, I mean, needless to say, this is a fangirl episode, but we felt like we've mentioned him so many times on the podcast and we needed to give him his own his own episode. Ed deserves it. You're he worth does. it. You are. And um, my request, Ed, is, yes, a one tin bakes, savoury. It doesn't even have to be one tin, actually. Just a savoury a savory cookbook. Okay. Um, that's my request Sorry, for you. Sorry, I'm not him. I know, but I'm just, I'm I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he's also a fanboy of us, right? The fanboy who bakes. Uh, (laughs) And so, uh, that's focus group of one, me. Uh, (laughs) More savoury recipes. It's always the thing, right? We always say this about most baking books that we want more just savoury. Yeah. Just more savoury. We're not going to rate today no, by the way because i mean obviously it's obvious <laughs> fives across the board also you i think it's worth five. to say based on our rating system that pretty much well i think well in the one tin bakes books every recipe has a picture yeah so you know what it's supposed to look like that's true and they're all by him he does all his own photography does he yeah this is on the back of one tin bakes you can see it says photography by him which is really impressive. He's because he does um styling for other for some. He does food styling as well oh, on the side. He? I think does a little bit of everything. What a guy, Ed. We love you. We love you, Ed. Thank you for all you do. And listeners, lovely, lovely, lovely little listeners. Thank you for putting up with our little summer um, easy sketch. And if you. We've been kind of trying a new couple of formats of the vintage cookbooks and the spotlight on like favorite cookbooks like Flavor and Spotlight on Ed. Um, so do let us know anything else you'd like to hear. We've got some fun plans, but we always like your suggestions. We, I get the next book we do will be Thomas Schraker's, and uh, <laughs> we'll get some white men to fill in for us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this just in actually, Vic, I feel like it with it's due diligence that we have to, I have to, when I opened Instagram to look at Ed Kimber's page, I saw that Thomas Straker has now owned his failure and posted a story as of 47 minutes ago saying, on Friday night, I put up a post of my chef team and many rightly pointed out the lack of diversity within it. I am very sorry for my initial response where some queried whether I take this issue seriously. I am absolutely committed to ensuring diversity in my restaurants. Unfortunately, we aren't achieving this in my kitchens currently. And this is an area I know I need to improve on. Making sure it is seen I mean... as a welcoming and approachable environment for all. So there, he's finally owned it. Well done, Tom. As requested. There you go. So we take it all back. <laughs> we take it all back. Does Kenji though? That's the question. Kenji should anyway, never. We love him. Um, join us next time for the, the diversity and food police. <laughs> join us next time for hazelnut chicken <laughs> recipes. We love you. We love Thank you. you. Thank you. And bye. bye. so much for listening to this episode of the cookbook circle if you enjoyed it please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review as it helps others to find us and enjoy us you can see how the recipes from this episode turned out on our instagram at cookbook circle where you could also get in touch with us let us know your thoughts feedback ideas for episodes whatever you like we really love to hear from all of you so we'll see you next time Bye. bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.